Welcome to The Blitz. It's your hosts, C. Frank and Tom. Today we are going to be giving you a another stat-filled episode talking about our um, receiving leaders and then some uh, defensive leaders with pick leaders, pass deflections, and tackle for loss leaders. And then we are also bringing back everybody's favorite segment, um, the Blitz. Someone is getting blitzed for, I believe, the first time this cycle. So you want to stick around to the end to hear that. So, Tom, do you want to lead us off with some reception stats? Yeah, so starting with reception leaders, uh, so what I did was I just took... uh, for each of this, these next categories, I just took like a threshold and then I took everyone above that. So for reception leaders, I took everyone above 50. There's a couple guys on here that really surprised me. So leading the league in receptions, first surprise, Christian McCaffrey with 65. Number two, Adam Thielen with 62. Next surprise, Cordell Patterson is three with 58. At four is Donovan Peoples-Jones with 58, five is A.J. Brown with 55, and then sixth, our last uh, player with more than 50 is George Kittle with 54. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty surprising that we have two running backs up there. Um, I literally just played, uh, played the Bears um, an hour or two ago, and... Cordero Patterson actually got hurt, I believe, on like the first offensive play he ran and was out for the game. So he didn't even log any receptions, and he's still third, you know, third most with 58. So uh, to me, pretty crazy to see two halfbacks up there. Um, maybe shows that the league, or at least certain guys, are really checking it down. Yeah, that's what, uh, like I said. McCaffrey really surprised me. I'll be the first one. I really haven't watched much of Rhino's games this year. I've seen bits and pieces of a few of them. The main thing I've been following is his stats all year, and it, it seems like he's he's you know obviously really throwing the ball around. He's got a ton of touchdowns, but uh, you know I, I kind of just assumed he was really just just you know throwing it deep mostly. And I don't know, maybe it's really not the case. Like I said, I still haven't watched as many of his games so I, I don't know for sure but 65 catches for McCaffrey that really did surprise me and then like so with Cordell Patterson you know I, like I wouldn't really even consider him to be like that much of a receiving threat out of the backfield I guess so you know maybe he's just checking it down constantly I don't know but anyway let's move on to receiving yards so for receiving yards what I did was I took everyone who has more than a thousand yards and we ended up with 10 players in this category so first up our league leader is stefan diggs with 1360 yards number two is adam thielen thielen has 1329 yards three is aj brown with 1309 four is henry ruggs with 1206 five ty hilton with 1133 Six is Will Fuller with 1,098. Seven, Marquise Brown with 1,075. Eight is Marquez Valdez-Scantling with 1,053. Nine, Curtis Samuel, 1,043. And then last, at number 10, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 1,038. 
pretty cool to see uh, two rookies in the top 10 there. I don't really have too much to add here, but, um, you know, just just always cool to see, you know, some younger guys up here along with, you know, a couple vets, like, you know, obviously, like, Adam Thielen, um, you know, Stefan Diggs has been around a little bit now, but you can really see that there's some speed on this list, too. Yeah, for sure. The The biggest thing, there's two things that really surprised me mainly. One is that uh, Stefan Diggs is leading. I did not I did not know he was leading the league in yards. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, Buffalo hasn't really had the most success, so you know maybe that attributes uh, to it a little bit since he's playing from behind, he's passing a little bit more. You know, but uh, and then AJ Brown too. I uh, same concept again. I I didn't think the Titans were having much success, and AJ Brown really isn't anything like special of a receiver. He's just star. He's not very fast. I believe he's ninety speed. He's only like eighty one overall, or maybe eighty two. Like he's really nothing special. So to see him at number three, which is really nice too. Um, well, but anyways, sorry. I want to jump in sure, real, sure. real quick. Um, because I just do want to point out Stefan Diggs does lead right now, um, but he has played one extra game than most of the guys on the list. So he would probably so that could be changing. under. But he definitely he does lead the league right now. So very you know So he hasn't had his bye yet? He has not. He's played ten okay. games to a lot of guys nine and then a couple guys have still only played eight, so Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's nice to know. Uh, and then lastly, what we have receiving touchdowns. And what I did was I counted everyone that had 10 or more, which we actually have a lot that have 10 or more already. Uh, so we have 16 guys here. And there's a couple uh, very crazy stats that I found while doing this. But number one is Henry Ruggs with 19. Number two, Curtis Samuel with 17. Number three, AJ Brown with 16. Four, Stefan Diggs with 15. Five, Donovan Peoples-Jones with 15. Six, DJ Moore with 13. Seven, Debo Samuel with 13. Eight, George Kittle with 13. Nine, Paris Campbell with 13. Ten, Scotty Miller with 12. Eleven, Will Fuller Fuller with 11. Twelve, Marquise Brown with 11. Thirteen, Keenan Allen with 11. Fourteen, Tyreek Hill with 10. 15 Irv Smith with 10 and 16 Brandon Cooks with 10. The, the yeah the biggest thing I saw on here that I want to touch on was uh was Henry Ruggs with the 19. I went and looked at uh at Samoan stats over there. He's only thrown 27 total touchdowns on the year with Hertz. 19 of which went to Rogues. So he's it's I think he's got two other guys that have three apiece and his tight end has three. And I want to say his number two receiver has three. And then two other guys have one apiece. But like the Raiders look at their stats. It's literally the Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs show. Henry Ruggs, I he has like 1250 or 1280 yards. I I don't know exactly what it is. Um, no, it's right there. 1,206. There it is. So he has 1,206 yards, and the rest of his team combined only has like 200 more yards than him. So like he is literally their whole passing game. Yeah, man. Like I, I look at that, and you know, obviously, 
like 19 already, you know, half the season played is eye-popping. But guys, if you play the Raiders, like, I know it's a tough task to stop Jacobs, to stop Ruggs, but that's who you have to focus on. He has so many more receiving touchdowns than anybody else. Like, at least when you get into the red zone where, you know, maybe his speed can't blow by you as much, you got to figure out a way to guard him up because that's who he's throwing to a lot. Um, but kind of switching gears now over to the defensive side of the ball, <clears throat> I kind of did the same thing as Tom where I took um, just kind of a threshold of what I felt was, you know, a good amount of guys or, you know, the the elite tier of guys and uh, made some stats. So um, for the interception leaders, we have Byron Murphy, a corner, leading the league with nine interceptions through nine games. We have free safety Rodney McLeod from Philly. He's got eight through nine. Mika Hyde, he's another safety from Buffalo. He has 8 through 10. Free safety Jesse Bates from Cincinnati has 8 through 9. Strong safety Harrison Smith from Minnesota has 7 through 9. And free safety Juwan Thornhill has 7 through 9 for Kansas City. So, kind of looking at these, um, <clears throat> really the only couple things that really stand out to me for the interception leaders is, well, obviously Byron Murphy, you know, while he doesn't have a ton more than the next closest guys, he is the only guy averaging an interception per game. And then kind of just looking at this, you know, this group, this elite tier as a whole, safeties are getting just a lot more picks than corners while byron murphy does you know lead here and i guess i would assume a lot of that has to do with playing again they're playing opposite of ramsey and people not wanting to throw at ramsey um all these other guys are safeties um and to me that's just pretty interesting where they're getting a lot of the picks and people i feel like kind of don't value safety play as high as corners but our league is showing right now that safety is getting picks is like the big thing you want to add anything to that tom or uh just one thing that i that i see with this is uh we're definitely going to be looking at a little different stats from last cycle too because um, I want to say that what was it Carl Baxter? I think hit like 15 interceptions with the Bears one season, and, and he like blew everybody out of the water uh, pretty much every year with with that 15. And I want to say that middle linebacker for the Jags had like 12 that one year. I don't remember exactly, but for the most part, we're looking at the league leaders last year. I have like 10, 9, 8, and we have guys that are right at about that point halfway through. So. It's going to be nice to see some uh, different interception leaders on like the all-time records because that was one of the few things from last Madden that more or less remain unchanged. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a very good or a very interesting change to say the least. <clears throat> so, moving then to pass deflections, 
you know, not quite as valued in the league as obviously picks, but they are valuable none the least. And Kendall Sheffield from Atlanta, a corner, has 14 deflections through nine games. Strong safety Jamal Adams for Seattle has 14, also through nine games. Another Seattle defender, cornerback Quinton Dunbar, has 13 through 9. And Buffalo adds one more guy to this elite tier grouping with Levi Wallace corner, 12, 12 deflections through 10. So I didn't really plot like a lot of guys because um, I think like a lot of the next guys had like 9 and... You know, it just, it didn't, like, make as much sense. Or, like, one guy had nine, and there was, like, a ton of eight. So, I just kind of grouped these few guys. And kind of the one thing that stands out to me is just Seattle. Seattle having two elite guys in this stat category with Jamal Adams and Quentin Dunbar. And so, Seattle has 27 deflects by those two guys. And then if you factor in uh, Shaquem Griffin, who's like very high up there in deflections too, um, they would have 38 deflections by their top three deflectors, I guess we can call them. And that's compared to just 12 interceptions from those three guys combined. So while they're around the ball and like 12 picks from three guys is very good it just depends who you know depends on your opinion but with 38 deflections if they can get some of those converted into interceptions the seattle will be bringing back the legion of boom yeah, with that too, uh, if I remember correctly, Seattle is also in like the top third of the league for interceptions with also having all these deflections as well. So like you said, turn a couple more of these deflections into interceptions, they could be leading the league or really close to it. And I wonder how it kind of could shift their season from from their uh, 500 record they're at now. For sure. Um, you know... One pick can change the game. So, you know, just changing even just a couple of those to interceptions, I mean, that can be the difference between a win or a loss. So then kind of switching gears to our last um, our last stat here for the day, um, the tackle for loss leaders. And this one's not really looked at a lot, and I really wasn't even going to, I wasn't even going to track this, but I started looking at kind of our league leaders, and I don't know, it kind of just paints an interesting picture. So, the number one tackle for loss leader is a linebacker out of Indy named Bobby Okurik. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure, I'm kind of butchering his name, but he has 14 tackles for losses in nine games. Uh, the number two tackle for loss leader is Darius Leonard out of Indy, and he has 12 through nine. Then it's Atlanta linebacker Deion Jones with 11. Then it's LA Chargers linebacker Drew Twick Tranquil with 11. And then it's also LA Chargers DN Joey Boza with 11. And those are through nine games. So, 
Indy and the Chargers are on this list twice in the top five. So you would kind of say that they're like they're well, they're living in the opponent's backfield. Um, they're making all these tackles for loss, but like kind of oddly, at least in my opinion, is that Indy only has nine sacks on the year, and the Chargers only have ten. Um, for Indy, none of these two guys with tackles for loss have any sacks. And then for the Chargers, Tranquil has zero, and then Boza, Boza only has four. So while they're, you know, quote-unquote living in the opponent's backfield, it's not that they're sacking the quarterback, it's just that they're shutting down the run so well. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I believe that um, Taku is undefeated with the Colts. So, I mean, I don't know how much he... No, I think he just lost this last week. Oh, he lost last week. Okay. And also Titans. So, I don't know how much he really needs to up his game. But, man, like, these guys have elite-level run defenses. I mean, get after that quarterback a little bit more. Man, these two defenses are really trending upwards, in my opinion. Yeah, I would like to know what the secret is to getting tackles for loss because I, I don't feel like I ever get any, and I don't know how much success stopping the run. So, and I want to know what the secret is here. And Taco has the top two. Like, yeah, right? You know, it's it's different if this one guy has fourteen and then the next guy has you know six or seven, but he's got fourteen and twelve. Take either one of them away, and he still has the league leader. He's obviously doing something that at least a majority of the league or some of the league does not know about. <clears throat> but moving on to the last segment. Tom, are you ready for this segment? I'm going to have to be, unfortunately. <sighs> he says this because this is really, really hurting on Tom. So this Blitz segment, man, like... I don't like to pick an easy target. I want to try to find something that, you know, no one's really talking about, blitz them, you know, kind of make the league talk. But for this for this episode of the Blitz and then for this blitzing segment, there was no one else to blitz but Tom's old team, the New York Giants. The New York Giants this year have been awful. <clears throat> And that's not just as, like, blame on one guy. Um, the Giants are 0-10, and they've already had two, three, co or three owners, if you count BMT, you know, drafting that team. Um, but they're in Coach Martin's hands. He's 0-5. He's only half of their problem. He has not played all of the games. But the Giants overall have been just an absolute mess Especially when you compare them to last cycle's Giants where, you know, they went out on top the last two years winning Super Bowls. So let's kind of dive into the stats here. So offensively, the Giants are averaging 11.1 points per game. That is 10.1 points lower than the next worst. 
Yes, you heard that right. They average 11 points per game, and the next lowest is like 21 points per game. They are tied for the least amount of passing touchdowns with 11, and they are last in rushing touchdowns with two. So you can't even say that they're at least, you know, at least they're good at rushing, or at least they're good at passing. No, they are bottom for both. So, alright, well maybe their defense is better. You would be wrong. Their defense has given up the third most yards in the league, and they've given up the second most points. If that's not bad enough, they are tied for last in forced interceptions with seven. So they give up yards, they give up points, and they do not create turnovers. Well, let's kind of look at the efficiency of this team. They are tied for last in third down percentage, converting just 34% of the time. One third of the time they get a third down, they convert. Needless to say, that's pretty bad. So let's look at them in the red zone. They convert 58% of um, their red zone trips into points. That's tied for last. So let's look at the turnover differentials. There's something good here. No, they're minus 28 in turnover differential. That's 12 more than the next closest. They are 12 turnovers worse than 31st. They've given the ball away 35 times and have only created seven turnovers. When I look at this team, this team has pieces to be good. They're not a year one team. They are a rebuild. But you have Saquon Barkley, you have a young quarterback, you have Darius Slayton, a young receiver, and no, they are not the quarterback and receiver that was their last cycle. Tom really built them up, and everybody does have to remember Daniel Jones is a normal 70-ish overall quarterback. Darius Slayton is, I believe, a low 80s wide receiver. But they have those guys, they have Evan Ingram, they had an okay line, but they traded they traded some of that away. Their defense isn't great. I believe, you know, they, they still have Jabril. They have some young guys on the D-line. They have pieces. They are better than a zero-win team. And Coach Martin really has his work cut out for him right now because while he's not the whole problem, he is 0-5 with them. He has to either... He has to find what works for him and ride that. I don't know, you know, if he feels more comfortable passing, he needs to pass it more. If he feels more comfortable running, run it more. And I would say for guys that maybe aren't quite as good or aren't the upper elect, you know, the upper elite guys in the league, you have to run the ball more. Because at least if you're running the ball, you're not turning the ball over as much. And he is so, the Giants are so bad at turning the ball over. That is the biggest problem with this team. And they have to get it fixed if they want to win a game. He's only got six more chances to not go 0-16. Tom, what do you feel about this? How do you feel about this Giants team? What do you have to say about these New York Giants? 
So, <clears throat> I know with the Giants, it's tough. I've been there. I've done it. Offensively, though, like, you shouldn't be this bad. Because offensively, they're, they're there. You have Barkley, who's arguably the best halfback in the league. You have Engram, who... Rating-wise, isn't the best tight end, but depending on how you use tight ends, you can argue that he's a top three tight end. He's he's the fastest, and he's you know, other than that, he is a good tight end. So I think he's like 87 or 88 overall. You have Golden Tate, you got Sterling Shepard, you got Darius Slayton. Like offensively, you have the pieces there. You shouldn't be rated last. Biggest thing with the Giants is that you got to get your young pieces in there and you got to start them quick and you got to start getting them devved up. You got to start just just upgrading their overalls because they do have a, a decently young team in certain spots where you can make different things work. But I went and I looked at the stats for his players and they're just like... They're not doing anything. You know, Engram's their leading receiver with like 500 yards. And I think it's Golden Tate after that. Like, like I said, Engram is good, but he's really not going to get any better. He's like 25 or 26. So, I mean, he's not really going to go up much. Golden Tate's already 30. He's not going to go up much. Slayton only has like 150, maybe 200 yards on the year. He hasn't done anything. Barkley's got 900 yards, which is nice, but he's only got two touchdowns on the year. And then defensively, I was looking at some of his guys, and he's just got... There's spots where he's playing guys that I... I'm only assuming he pulled off of either practice squads or free agency because I don't even know who they are. So I just... I don't know. There's different things that I think that he should be doing in certain spots. Like, when you're a team that's that bad, you have to get your young players XP, and you got to get them to level up. And I want to say I saw, like, Ken Crawley is leading his team in interceptions. And, like, I'm not saying that Ken Crawley is, you know, necessarily bad per se, but he's already, like, four years into the league. I think he's 26 or 27. Play your guys that are rookies because your defense is already so bad, you got to get them rolling. Let them get a couple interceptions or just, you know, do something. See if you can work with them moving forward. But Ken Crawley is not an answer. But, uh, you know, I'm not just picking on him. There's other situations where you have the, where, where they have the same setup. But it's tough to talk about. It's tough to see because I've already had to deal with the Giants being horrendous in real football for the last couple of years. And I finally got a little escape last year where I could see him be good for a while. And I don't want to see them sitting at 0-10 again. It's not fun. So, Coach Martin and, you know, everybody who's listening, we're not trying to pick on you or anything like that. You know, this this is for fun and stuff. But I want this to, you know, hopefully be a wake-up call for you. Um, And hope's, you know, hope's not lost. Hope's not even lost if you go 0-16. Because the owner before you traded some pieces, you know, right or wrong, but got the Jets' first round pick, I believe. So, the way it's looking, you're going to have two top five picks. You're bringing back Barkley, you know, got a young quarterback. You'll have off seasons for trades. But I would say right now, you really need to focus on just getting that first win, man. And, you know, the schedule's tough here. 
you have Bengals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys left. And, you know, I I have not watched Coach Martin play, so I do not know, you know, I do not know if your game's been too close or or whatever. Um, But just... Just find something that works for you. Start playing these young guys and just try to grind out a win here in these last few weeks. Get that moral victory and then just go into the offseason with an open mind. And, you know, maybe maybe you want to build this team. So you're going to take these guys and, you know, take two top five guys, play them no matter what, build them up or you know, maybe you got to flip them for some proven guys to really boost this team. I know Tom last year when he took the Giants um, first season, I believe he traded something for Von Miller and he had Von Miller for a few years. And that really helped the pass rush because the Giants didn't really have a pass rush. And I'm not saying do that. I, you know, it's your team. You do what you want with your team. But, you know, have a plan have a loose plan of what you want to accomplish and go out there and try to get it done because they are kind of a rough team but as we've seen you can build these giants and i guess you really only have like you can only go up from where you're at right now yeah and and like you said with it too like the biggest thing that i, that I do want to stress with with a team like the giants is you have to have a plan. And like, I know that you took this team over as the already 0 and 5, but just based off of who I've seen playing in your, on your team, you, you need to develop more of a plan long-term because you're, you're not going to, you, you haven't competed this year. And you're not going to compete this year. Realistically, you're probably not going to compete next year because their team is just that bad. And there's that many holes, but you need to start planning on how to, fix that stuff now and the young players you're going to put in there now to replace all all those aging spots or all those holes and you just you have to be prepared for all that and the last thing i'll stress before we get out of this is more people can be listening to this than just coach martin we're like uh, you know a little bit over halfway through this first season and there are some people that are you know pretty much out of the playoff race or you know they're on that fringe race but we'll just talk about the guys that are out of the playoff race this is not a time to throw in the towel give some force wins and get to the off season this is a great valuable time to play and get better to play some young guys maybe and try to you know get them a little bit extra xp because i know guys you know always want to say devs over dubs and that goes for you know like you know superstar development or trying to get x factor but we don't even we don't really mean that either what we're meaning is just you know play that 22 year old that's you know four overall points lower than the 29 year old that you're playing because you need to get him a little bit extra xp because he's going to be a long-term player for you you don't want to just kind of blow off the second half of the season when this especially this first season sets the groundwork for so much of what happens in the rest of like the rest of this cycle and just don't just 
don't get upset, don't get frustrated, just one game at a time, grind it out, you know, and just keep trying to get better, and I promise you'll get better, and you won't be getting blitzed next time around. So with that, guys, that is the end of our episode. We appreciate you listening, and until next time, uh, we'll see you guys.